0: On today's Insights, Staffing World 2021, we're joined by Haley Marketing's Chief Strategy Officer, Brad Smith, to learn everything that he learned at this year's Staffing World. Today's episode is brought to you by Haley Marketing. Do you have too many job openings going unfilled? Is the solution to just spend more on job ads? Absolutely not. But to succeed in a market like we're facing right now, you need to take a different approach to job advertising. Forget post and pray, forget annual contracts. If you want to fill more of your open jobs, you need a centralized, data-driven, automated solution to managing your job spend. A solution that gives you more control and more flexibility. That's where we come in. With Haley Marketing's Job Advertising Management Services, we use programmatic software to automate your spending. So you save time, reduce wasted spend, and get more people applying to your jobs without having to spend more on advertising. For a free review of your job spend, contact us at 888-696-2900 or visit recruitmentmarketers.com. This is Insights.
1: Welcome to Insights, tips and best practices from the insiders at Haley Marketing. Insights will provide you with the tools you need to master your social media, digital marketing, and employer branding. Your
0: hosts for Insights are Brad Biley and Matt Lozar. What's up? This is Brad Biley and welcome back to another episode of Insights, the podcast built to help you with your digital and recruitment marketing. As always, I'm joined by Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing. He's Matt Lozar. Matt, how are you feeling this week, buddy? We're doing well, Brad. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, Matt. We're recording Insights on Tuesday afternoon. My White Sox are playing while we're recording. Energy's high. I feel really good about the show. Excited to have Brad Smith on today. Brad, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Brad, for our listeners who might not know who you are and know your involvement with Haley Marketing, why don't you tell us what it is that you do here at Haley Marketing and and give us a little breakdown of what it means to be our chief strategy officer.
2: (laughs) Sure thing. So I've been with Haley Marketing for going on 20 years now and have historically been really focused in the digital space and emerging uh, digital trends and have since transitioned into a strategy role. So I'm trying to look at where the staffing industry is headed, where marketing overall is headed and think through how we better align our products, our services, our solutions with the problems that today's staffing and recruiting agencies are facing and how we can really look at streamlining everything from from cost to time to uh, investment to make sure that we're driving the most ROI that we possibly can for our clients.
0: It's a great seat to be in. I know you're having a a lot of fun in it. It's a a creative role. I mean, you really get to look at what's coming in the future, look at different strategies, different theories, and ultimately how it can impact all of our clients and potential clients in the future. I ask you the same question every week here on Insights. When it comes to recruitment marketing, what's on your mind this week?
1: The recruitment marketing team, we're doing a lot of I think wage analysis and really digging into monthly, quarterly data, looking at a category of a job, a job title, and saying a forklift job that pays $15 an hour, $16 an hour, $18 an hour, $20 an hour, really comparing all that data. I think we talked about earlier, Brad, another episode of Insights with a transportation client and trucking and hiring bonuses and, and hourly rates. But now it's trickling down from not only the, the hyper-competitive industries, but to really manufacturing, especially, and you'll see trends to where there's an inflection point hourly wage that drives more applications. And that's data that's vital for a recruitment team. It's important for a sales team as well to take back to your current clients, but also on which job orders to even accept.
0: It's a lot there, Matt. And, and Brad, I'd ask you what's on your mind, but I feel like it's going to be Staffing World, which is probably a great segue coming into this show. So Brad, when you think about Staffing World 2021, you were able to attend with a lot of people from our team. I, I think we took a team of six or a team of eight this year. Get us started, man. How was the conference? How did it go? And And what did you experience while you were there? Yeah, the conference was
2: fantastic. We uh, This is the first in-person event in the last two years. Obviously, last year was virtual, which was quite different than what we're used to. I was overall really impressed with the attendance. I was surprised. I was expecting some people to be scared away a little bit, especially with the Delta variant coming out but the American Staffing Association did an amazing job of making people feel safe. You had to go through and uh, either prove vaccine or have a negative test in order to get into the show, did a great job of locking that down and making people feel safe. And overall, the attendance was amazing. I didn't feel like there was a decline from previous years at all. In fact, the people there seemed really interested in growing their business. They feel felt really interested in uh, improving infrastructure, investing in technology, learning about what's new to really help overcome the recruiting challenges that we're all facing right now. So there was just a ton of buzz about uh, technology and a ton of buzz about investing in, in people and infrastructure to help overcome some of the current challenges.
0: What do you guys think? You think conferences are back? I know I went to two or three this year. It seems to be like conferences might be back. What do do you think?
2: They can be back if done appropriately, if you follow the right precautions and if it makes sense. So I don't think you have a conference, just have a conference. I think um, there has to be some value there, obviously, uh, and you need to take the right precautions to make everyone feel safe. I do think, though, it is still important to offer a virtual option. For those that don't feel comfortable, that don't feel safe or have uh, an increased or enhanced risk or have a close relative or friend that does and and don't want to put them at risk.
0: It's a great idea. Brad, you mentioned tech. I know also Jeff Stotz, our our CMO, when he came back, he mentioned there was a huge buzz about tech and marketing automation. Talk to us about the buzz. What were people talking about when it comes to tech infrastructure and in implementing more technology into their recruiting stack or their recruitment marketing stack?
2: Brad, there were a lot of sessions. There were a lot of breakouts around technology and what that technology landscape looks like for the staffing industry. And a lot of the discussion was how it plays into your recruitment funnel. So there were several sessions that talked about uh, every part of that funnel, the the top and getting, building awareness, building a brand, uh, building interest. There was talk about how to move people further down that funnel. So once you're generating applications and generating interest, what can you do? What technology can we leverage and use to get people more engaged, more interested in specific opportunities? Uh, There was a lot of talk about candidate engagement platforms like Sense like HearFish, and how can can companies use those platforms to engage with candidates, get them interested about assignments, get them to show up for assignments. Then there was a lot of talk about different sourcing tools and, and how we can uh, better Do direct outreach. Uh, There was a lot of talk about how to look at what we can do from our recruitment spend standpoint. Matt, I'm going to really kind of serve this up to you. There was a a lot of talk starting about programmatic and programmatic ad buys and how we can better leverage our existing recruitment spend to take that further. Uh, Companies reported just being hit over and over and over again with the comment, you need to spend more. If you want more candidates, you need to spend more, you need to spend more, you need to spend more. And there was some frustration there. You could see it visibly on people's faces. And we began talking more and more about programmatic and not necessarily spending more, but looking at a way to spend differently and get more return out of that spend. And I was surprised that a lot more people in the industry didn't exactly know what programmatic really was, but were extremely open to learning about how to use technology, how to use data to make better decisions about how and where to spend their recruitment dollars to drive more candidate traffic.
0: With all of that tech and with all of these, I mean, you mentioned four or five different areas where companies are looking into tech. Is the industry getting lazy or is the industry trying to be more efficient? What, what's sort of the angle there? Yeah, I would definitely
2: say they're not trying to get lazy. In fact, I think it's quite the opposite. They're trying to be more aggressive with thinking through how they can add more value to the human capital equation. So as a staffing company, how can we evolve? How can we do more? How can we drive up that value chain? How can we be more indispensable to our clients? How can we go from a vendor seat to a partner seat? And I think that's really the conversation that was happening there at Staffing World is thinking through how does technology really help us to elevate our service? We're not going to get rid of our service completely, but how can we use it to be more efficient, more effective, more productive, and decrease our our time to fill and add more value?
0: I love it. I mean, Matt, we talked on Insights a couple of weeks ago about redeployment and time to fill and and how our industry is just struggling with that. When you think about, uh, I I think we said, uh, and Tom Erb had said this at the OSSA conference, the average redeployment rate is like 8% for our industry. Brad, to your point, using technology or Matt, maybe even to to the things that you said on the last episode, to use technology to redeploy individuals who we know are already capable of doing the job seems like a no-brainer, right? It does. It's you have those people on your payroll they're on your payroll and it's important
1: to use the tech to keep them on your payroll so it sounds simple from my seat it's probably not as easy as it sounds but if I'm working at brad staffing agency and my assignments ending in two or three days, does everyone know that? Does the you know your associate know that does your employee know that? does your recruiter know that? where's the tech that can automate all that process to find out, Did you enjoy your current assignment? Was the schedule good for you? Were the the skills, do you have the skills to complete this job? Did you like the company? Did you like your manager? All of this that hopefully can be an automated process so it can take that information to find me an assignment tomorrow or day after my assignment, my current assignment's over. What can you do with that tech to automate it? Because candidates are so, there's just a lack of them. There's a physical lack of people searching for jobs right now. All What can you do from this aspect of using the tech to keep them on your payroll when their current assignment ends and seamlessly move them over to the next one?
2: And I want to build on that for a second. Eric Gregg from uh, Clearly Rated did a session, and it was looking at turning exceptional experiences into, into growth for, for your organization. And building on that, that talent situation where you said only 8% get redeployed, well, that plays in exactly to the staffing industry's net promoter score. So when you look at placed talent, people that we've placed out on assignment as an industry our net promoter score with those people as an 18, not that great. And what's even more telling is the people that don't get placed have a negative 45 NPS score. That means there are a ton of detractors out there. And you look at that 8% redeployment, that means 92% of people aren't redeployed with the same company. There's a huge opportunity there as individual companies to improve your redeployment score. But as an industry, if we can drive that up much higher, we are going to become part of the job search process, not an add-on. So what I mean by that is a lot of very skilled people never think of the staffing industry As a path to employment, we need to flip that. If we can do a better job of creating amazing experiences, getting back to people that we've placed, engaging with them, working with them throughout the entire career life cycle, and even helping people that we didn't place find good opportunities, we're going to elevate our industry's NPS. Overall, people are going to be more comfortable working with an employment and staffing agency, and we're going to create a much bigger talent pool than we currently have. And I think technology really plays into this and can help us be more efficient in communication.
0: Were there any sessions or, or maybe even, Brad, just in, in your own thought process here, how does a staffing agency manage all of that? So if you're looking at going to Staffing World or, or maybe you're listening to the show now because you want to learn about Staffing World and you're saying, okay, I'm bought into what Brad's saying here. I understand I need different technology to help with different parts of my process. Who the heck's going to manage it all though? where do where do I, Brad's staffing firm, get started? So that's a great question. And number
2: one, I think it's identifying what the biggest gap or what the biggest hole in your service process is. See where that resides. Look at what low-level administrative tasks your recruiters or your account managers are doing. What can be offloaded? What can be outsourced so that you can Have them use that time to elevate the relationship, whether it's on the client or candidate side. Look at what tech can easily be implemented there. Um, But the bigger bigger issue here, and, and something that we even heard from a lot of the tech providers, is that there's amazing technology platforms out there. I mentioned a few earlier, but one of the challenges is adoption. And to your point, Brad, someone at the organization or at the staffing company not knowing exactly how to use the technology or not using it effectively or not getting buy-in from their team on how this is really going to help them be more efficient and effective in their job, getting them to realize that it's not another thing that they have to do. It's something that's going to free up time so that they can do what they want to do. And I think that's the biggest reason that technology fails is not because that there's an issue with the technology. There's an issue with the implementation and the buy-in. So I think that is where I would really start. Identify the biggest gaps in your workflows and your processes, but then two, figure out the implementation strategy and plan. Explain the why to your team, outline the benefits to them. And then build processes in to make sure that they're using the technology effectively to have a meaningful impact. I want to stand up and clap. That was great. That's where we say louder for the people in
1: the back. Anything is where Brad goes by from his microphone, something like that. But it's right on because the tech. It's not that the tech doesn't work. I mean, it might not, but most of the time, it's it's the buy-in and it's are you you have this great idea and you get all excited about it, but it's about getting. So much internal buy-in that it's still you can get it to work for you and it doesn't become a bigger problem in challenge because if you don't know how to use the new tech, it causes headaches because it's a change from the old process and it could be more expensive, you know, potentially just because you're you're writing a check every month It feels more expensive.
2: Yeah. And just to throw one other stat out there, and this also came from Eric Gregg. And he mentioned that Gen Y right now is the largest segment of our workforce overall in the U.S. at 40%. And what's even more interesting is within the staffing industry, 75% of internal staff are millennials. These are digital and tech natives. Okay, If you can clearly explain the why, explain the value to them, and get their buy-in, you're gonna have a much greater tech adoption rate and you're gonna have a lot more success. So there's a ton of value here. It's you know, identify those gaps, put together your implementation plan, um, create some cheerleaders and some some process oriented people, and then roll this out and you're gonna see some some great advancement.
0: Right. I want to move on to our, our second point here. So talking about our booth at staffing world. I heard just from being here in Buffalo that it, it generated a little bit of buzz at the conference. Uh, had quite a not uh, a decent amount of foot traffic on the back of the on the back of the backdrop. If you haven't seen it, in giant letters it said "Unfilled orders, no call, no show." Feeling a little overwhelmed? We can help with that. And Brad, I'm going to softball it to you here. First off, how? Second off, what was the buzz that you heard? What did people say when they came up to the board, uh, to the backdrop, to the booth? And also, how do we battle no call, no shows? What can we do from either a marketing standpoint or even just a staffing standpoint?
2: Yeah. So I'll get into all that, but just real quick marketing 101 lesson. Have a simple message and key in on emotional drivers. Okay. We didn't list everything under the sun that Haley Marketing does on this backdrop because we have maybe two seconds to grab people's attention with what's written up there. We have our logo in that simple message. That simple message keyed in on the biggest headaches that staffing companies are facing right now. Okay, We listen. We, we know that. We know that everyone in the industry is faced with these challenges. So we thought that this would be a great way to spark conversation. And it was. And I'll be honest with you, the first few conversations I had were candidly people coming up like pissed off. Like, yeah, I have those problems. How the hell are you going to help <laughs> me solve it? Right. right. Like, you
0: know, right. I can't figure it out myself. How are you going to help me?
2: In, yeah. In, in a fun, engaging way, right? Not, not, not negative, but um, just joking like, hey, I've tried everything under the sun. What the heck are you going to do? Uh, but, but really, what it gets back to is, trying to think through some of the basics, and then trying to use those basics and technology to make advancements. And when I say the basics, number one, we have to get back to why someone would even want to consider a staffing agency to begin with. It's a small percentage of the the workforce that we employ right now. Now, it's growing, which is terrific, and we're driving up that that, um, value chain. But There's a huge opportunity to get in front of a big audience that wouldn't think to use a staffing firm before. And we have to ask ourselves what value do we really provide? Um, We're helping with training. We're helping with career changes. We're helping you get skills to move to another industry. Maybe you were in hospitality and you didn't love that. And this is the perfect opportunity to shift. Let's talk about how companies are now open to hiring those without deep experience Let's talk about that as an industry. Let's talk about what we're doing to increase pay rates for our candidates. I saw some data that showed that from the 50s, 60s, and 70s, the effective minimum wage went through the roof. But since then, it's been flat or even declining. And the pandemic shifted all of this. It's got people to think, hey, you know, I deserve more. I want more. I want to shift to different industries. And the effect of minimum wage went up, and we're seeing that right now. Um, it's a convergence of factors, but, but that's just one of them. And we need to play up that message that staffing and employment agencies are doing a lot to go to bat for the candidate and really helping them increase their, their take-home, increase their hourly wage, increase their worth. Let's tell that message and explain to people why use a staffing company. Okay, then we need to move on and talk about why use brad's staffing company okay and we can't just tell people how great we are and uh, sing our own praises we need other people to do it so let's think through what we can do to drive more testimonials drive more case studies tell more stories about helping people uh, climb climb the career ladder uh, increase their pay wages let's get them to tell that story we can do that through testimonials google reviews um, uh, reputation management there's some great tools, even Haley Marketing Group offers some to to help solicit those stories and and tell that story. Once we capture those, let's share that on social. Let's share that on our site. Let's amplify that. And again, it's not us saying how great we are. It's the client and candidate saying that. Uh, I love the idea of using video to get people to to share their story about how they've they've grown. Um, Then once we've explained why staffing, why Brad's staffing company, Then we need to close. We need to tell people about the opportunities we have for them and not just give them the list of required and desired skills, not just tell them exactly what they're going to be doing, paint a picture for them. Outline what the culture's really like. Outline what this opportunity is great for. Outline how we help eliminate their commute. Outline how we help give them the ability to work a little bit remote. Uh, talk about the pay rate increases. Talk about the fringe benefits. Talk about all the things that make that opportunity so absolutely amazing beyond just the required skills. And I think if we can do those things effectively, we're going to increase our talent pool. We're going to drive more applications. Um, then it's it's getting back to that technology piece. Uh, I mentioned Sense and HearFish earlier. Let's get candidates on automations, on journeys, so that once they express some interest, once they enter our funnel through our job advertising or through programmatic or through another source, let's keep them engaged. Let's make sure we find them a job quick and let's make sure we keep them engaged so that they show up on assignment. So the day before they're supposed to work, they get a text from their recruiter, again, automated, but it looks personal. That tells them where they should be, who they're reporting to, what their hours are, and asks if they're excited or not. And then if they're not excited and you fear they're going to no-show, as the recruiter or account manager, you can act on that so that you don't have an unhappy client at the end. Uh, After someone works on the assignment for a day or two or a week, Let's do automated check-ins via text that look personal, but create that conversation back and forth that identify people that are at risk of leaving or doing a no-show so that we can have that conversation both ways. So that the client isn't unhappy, but we also know that we have an unhappy candidate that might not be a good culture fit, but might have great skills that we can redeploy to another client. So we get that 8% redeployment rate up to 20, then up to 30, then up to 40 and you have happier candidates and happier clients.
0: What I love about everything that you just said, and and there were a ton of great takeaways there. What I love about what you just said though, is it puts the ownership back on the staffing firm. And in last episode of Insights, I went off on a little bit of a rant about how tired I am of hearing people say, oh, no one wants to work, or oh, no one wants to work right now, or I can't find anybody to fill these jobs. And it's not just in staffing, it's everywhere. I know in, in just being at different restaurants or being out You hear it all the time. It's like, oh, nobody wants to work right now. No, A, maybe you're not selling the job enough. B, maybe you're not paying enough. There's a factor of reasons about why someone doesn't want to work for your job in that specific role. Everything that you're talking about, Brad, though, is putting the ownership back on the staffing firm to say, listen, we can solve no call, no shows, and here's how. It's not the fact that the labor market's tough right now or the fact of, oh, nobody wants to work. People at their core- want to earn a salary, want to earn a paycheck. We need to do a better job of selling it. And if you're not, that's why people aren't coming. They're going somewhere else. Brad, I love everything you said about no call, no shows. I I also love the thought of going back to the basics. Have a human interaction with your candidates, with your applicants, call them the week before they start or deploy something like Sensor fish and automate that. But have some sort of personal connection with those individuals so that they feel like they don't want to let you down by not showing up. I know Richard Rosner, the staffing shark, talks about that all the time. Having a career coach, a career advocate in your corner, so that it's not just calling off and saying, hey, I'm not coming in today, but physically having to call Brad Biley and say, listen, Brad, I'm not coming in. It's harder to do that. So if you have that personal relationship with your candidates it's going to help that no call, no show because they're not going to want to let you down. Brad, let's talk real quick about some of the sessions at Staffing World. And I know we have a Staffing World recap webinar coming up where our team is going to go through just about every session that they visited, but maybe we can tease that a little bit. Any top sessions that you were a part of that you were able to go to that you want to share your insights on? Sure thing. So I mentioned
2: one earlier, Eric Greg. From Clearly Rated, always does an amazing sh- session, just jam-packed with data. Be sure to, to sign up for our uh, live webinar where we're going to recap all that. I'll have more there. But I, I want to highlight one of the most impactful sessions that I've ever been at. And this was the closing keynote from... A amazing woman named Rita McGrath, uh, Columbia Business School. uh, Probably one of the most strategic sessions that I've I've ever attended, and she talked about strategic inflection points. So historically, in the eighties, nineties, early two thousands, business was really all about defining and exploiting a competitive advantage. So what could we do to gain a competitive advantage, and then what could we do to exploit that and, and really ride that out? And she said that today that no longer is enough. So you need a competitive advantage, obviously, but then you need to add in growth, you need to add in innovation and you need to add in transformation. And the story she told uh, was about Gillette. So I think men's razors historically you thought Gillette, they invested in R and D and a ton and and in the early nineties, there was a researcher that figured out how to put two blades together. Um, and how to do this cost effectively, and boom, uh, a new market was 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 grown and grew a ton. And then they went to to three blades, and then they went to four blades. And you know, at some point, there's only so many blades you can add. And what was interesting is, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this company called Dollar Shave Club popped up, and and it popped up because there was some guy that just went and sourced goods, bought goods, and came across $160,000 in in razors, and said, you know what, I I need to turn these, I need to sell these. And Dollar Shave Club was born and turned into an absolute behemoth. And the story that she shared was really that Gillette had this competitive advantage, and they exploited that for a decade, maybe two decades, but that wasn't enough. Somebody came and they unseated them. And that's what we constantly need to be looking for. And um, Rita went on to share eight practical questions that were just absolutely amazing and I think makes sense for every staffing and recruiting company owner or strategic leader to think about. Um, if we have time, I'd love to go through them, Brad. So the first one is, do you, have you built in mechanisms that allow you to personally experience what's going on? Okay, so as owners, sometimes we're too far removed from our accounts or from our candidates. We need to build in mechanisms so that we experience that for ourselves. And that could be surveying, that could be sitting down with your people, that could be getting in the field yourself and hearing and seeing what's going on. At Hilly Marketing Group, um, we brought on an account management team. Now we're doing NPS surveys. We're trying to feel and see what's going on so we can make better decisions for our products, our services, our delivery model, everything, but you need that feedback. Um, The next thing is, are you regularly gaining exposure to different perspectives? So I think our industry does a good job of networking in the industry, but let's look outside the industry. Let's look at different perspectives. Let's bring that in and uh, gain more of those perspectives. Are you empowering small, agile teams so that they grow? Um, Do you have a mechanism for fostering little beta tests? So within those teams, do they have the freedom um, to explore? Uh, Are you regularly getting out of the building and experiencing new things? Uh, Do you have incentives aligned with hearing uncomfortable news? So what I mean by that, um, are you rewarding people that bring up issues that cause a little bit of internal controversy? are you making sure that you're not in denial? And a good example of this is thinking through online staffing platforms. There's some people in our industry that say this is never going to work because we're a people business. And there's other people that are running full steam ahead. Um, there's probably a point in the middle where it makes a ton of sense. But you know, don't be that person that's so in denial like Blockbuster was when they, got, they had the chance to buy Netflix that you're a dinosaur and it's too late. Um, and then finally, are you going where the future lives? Um, I mentioned that stat earlier that the biggest part of the workforce right now is millennials. Um, we need to look for them, look to them for guidance on where things are going. And it might feel uncomfortable at first, but I'm doing this ourselves. I'm starting to meet with, um, our newest team members to find out what they see, where do they see things going? They're digital natives. What's happening? How do they use technology themselves? And that's where we really need to learn and combine that um, interesting perspective with the perspective we've gained as leaders over the last several years. And again, there's a happy medium in between where we can drive some innovation, drive some growth, um, make some iterations and continue to advance.
0: A ton of awesome feedback there, Brad, to, to kind of wrap up the show and and... I want to be clear here. We don't get a cut on any of this, right? We're just fans of ASA. We're fans of Staffing World. Brad, if there's someone listening right now who has never been to Staffing World, I know you've been to what a dozen. I don't know the exact number. You've been to quite a few. Probably more. Yeah. Any reason why people just have to go? Let's say there's an owner listening right now who says, you know, I've I've always thought of going, but I've never gotten a ticket. Um, It sounds like you took a ton of value and had a ton of takeaways from this year's conference. Would you recommend going next year?
2: Oh, hundred percent. But if you do go make the most of it, right? So don't sit back and be a spectator, get in there, go to as many sessions as you can plan things out ahead of time, get into the expo hall and have conversations with vendors. I think that's one of the most overlooked things. So get in there and talk to people. So not only are you getting the perspective of one staffing company, but you're getting the perspective of all their clients. Um, I love having these conversations and sharing what I see in the industry. I work with um, hundreds of of staffing companies. I can share a ton of great perspective and so can a lot of the other people in that hall. Um, And then take really good notes and think about what you can do to implement all of that in your organization. And yeah, I think it's extremely beneficial. If you haven't been, go. Um, If you can't, Sign up for our webinar where we see some of the secrets and best practices, Uh, reach out to ASA and get recordings of the sessions Uh, that they are available, you can purchase purchase those. I think there's just an absolute ton of value there. And if you if you have a plan and you go into it with an open mind and you go into it with looking for takeaways, you're going to get more than you can even implement. Um, so then it becomes a, a decision on what you do implement right away and what you put on the back burner. But um, very, very uh, effective, uh, great
0: conference. Excellent. Well, Brad, I want to thank you for coming on this week's episode of Insights, sharing your insights with us and giving all of us a look into Staffing World 2021. Thank you. As we said, Team Haley attended many of the sessions at Staffing World 2021. And in our upcoming Lunch with Haley, we'll share what we learned at this year's conference. If you want to learn about Staffing World 2021 a little bit more, you can go to lunchwithhaley.com, click on register now. In that session is October 14th. So you're only going to have a day. If you're listening to this episode the day it comes out, you'll be able to watch it live on the 14th. Again, go to lunchwithhaley.com and register for that. Or if you miss it, you're listening to this episode after the 14th, you can still go to lunchwithhaley.com, click on webinars on demand and check out that episode of Lunch with Haley, where we give you our Staffing World 2021 recap. That's our show. Thank you for listening to another episode of Insights. If you found this episode valuable, we would love to know. You can message Matt or Brad on LinkedIn to share your thoughts. Have a question for us? You could tweet us at Haley Marketing and let us know what you're thinking or email info at haleymarketing.com. And of course, if you need a hand with your marketing or recruitment marketing initiatives, we would love to help. You can check out haleymarketing.com to get in touch with our team of marketing educators. It's my podcast partner, Matt Lozar. For our guest this week, Brad Smith, this is Brad Biley. We'll see you next time.